0: second and nine. And the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans welcome home. Let's see how it goes. Uh, but We'll be ready to go. It's time to root. <laughs> Let's
1: It's good! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe the it? The Gamecocks have won this game!
2: Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh,
1: watch him
2: celebrate now! Bill Moulinac. my wife doesn't like hanging around losers. Yeah. and Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look
0: like you're enjoying the All right,
3: greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show. Live from the Cinerama Studios and built by... The Barn Dominium Co., the Barn Do Co. is what we call them. You can call them for your next home. How about as low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or in Tennessee? The com, one of the U.S.'s best builders. Speaking of the best, we've been searching for it, and we found it to help bring you additional coverage of the regional tomorrow At Founders Park, coming up today at 11.20, Stuart Lake. We all know him. He's here every week. A day early, though, he's got graduation in the morning for his son. Uh, So he has been kind enough to pop in and give us some time. And then he'll be followed up at noon by former All-American first-round draft pick and now elite travel baseball coach, Drew Meyer, uh, who will uh, show up right around uh, the top of the second hour uh, to give his thoughts on the season for South Carolina and the regional itself. I'm really interested to talk to him about the shortstop position because Braswell sure has been playing well, but Wimmer's expected back in there tomorrow and throughout the weekend and hopefully throughout the rest of the season as it progresses, and hopefully it does progress. So we'll get into plenty of that. Kick time's announced now. All of the first three games are out for Carolina and the rest of the SEC and also a lot of the country. We've got uh, scheduling conflicts, I guess, still going on down in Destin with the SEC ADs trying to figure out whether they want to do eight or nine. I have a, uh, I don't know, it's not a solution, but it's, I have thoughts on that as to why they might be kicking that can down the road, and I don't think you need to go a whole lot further than just looking at what games are in prime time on ESPN in the first couple of weeks to maybe figure out what they're kind of trying to do here. Uh, So we've got a lot of stuff to get to today from a football side, from a baseball side. Of course, the rest of the regionals will get going tomorrow as well. Remember, Campbell and NC State will be the first game at Founders Park at 1 o'clock. I'll be live from Columbia tomorrow, uh, not from the stadium per NCAA rules, uh, but I will be um, live from the compound of the Flint family, uh, not far from Founders Park. So uh, looking forward to getting up there later on this evening and uh, hopefully having a winning weekend. In the capital city, but without much more, Phil, JC, it's Thursday. We're almost there, guys. What's up? June 1st.
1: Yeah, May flew we by. We made it this far. Far. Yeah. We yeah. Made it yeah. uh, to there's, June. There's meaningful baseball in June, I think. I think I griped about that the whole season. I was sick of June not mm-hmm. having meaningful Carolina athletics, <clears throat> uh, with the exception, of course, of recruiting. Recruiting. Uh, now June is a huge month for football recruiting, but uh, uh, I kind of like to watch the games. And, and so uh, I'm excited. Uh was excited about the kickoff times. Uh, I have to say I nailed it.
3: Yeah, you did.
2: Yeah, I, I, I look,
1: I, I'll be honest. Uh, I mean, you, you know, I've got some inside connections uh, at various places, including South Carolina. That was not that was a guess. My part. <laughs> uh, that, I, I, I got, had no inside information. Was not tipped off. It was just, uh, just a nice guess, and, and I, I certainly nailed it. JB nailed the Furman kickoff time uh, as well, and um, you know we knew about the CBS thing, so that was uh, that, 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 the one. The Georgia game was the one that I, I wasn't sure about because that game, when it's been in Columbia early in the year. CBS has televised it more often than not. When it's been in Athens, I think, you know, ninety seven oh three and 13,
3: mm-hmm. I think
1: are the only time CBS has picked it up when it's been in Athens. So, oh, in 2017. But that was that was when it was in November. It was like the first weekend of November, must Champ's second year, uh, which was a heck of a game uh, for a while. Uh, Jake Bentley, uh <laughs> one guy makes a block. Uh, Bentley has, uh, I think Edwards streaking wide open down the field into the first half for a touchdown. And, uh, unfortunately Jake got hit and fumbled the ball. And it was just 24 to 10. It was one of the closer games Georgia played against the SEC East team. That's the last time it was on CBS in Athens. And then, of course there was the disappointment of the 2018 game in Columbia and uh, mm-hmm. that was CBS as well. But, um, you know, certainly, I, I think the North Carolina kickoff, I think that game's deserving of a primetime spot. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, the broadcast crew they send there. My guess is it'll be Herb Street and Fowler. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. And uh, I also, you know, pe- people are talking about game day going to Orlando for Florida State LSU. They typically, on big weekends like this, they'll move it they'll around. Up, in they'll other double words, double up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Friday, they could be in where Atlanta or wherever. And, you know, but but usually on Saturdays, they are at a location where they have a game, um, yeah. and I can't. I I just can't. Everybody can talk about TCU, Colorado, all they want, Dion and Prime and all that They're good not stuff. Going there. But that's the big noon kickoff, man. That's Plus, great. it's not if it were in Boulder, I could see that. But it's in Fort Worth. I mean, and I know that's the defending national runner-up or whatever. But it's you know, I, I think game day will probably be in Charlotte. Um, and again, that's just. Uh, just a guess, but uh, what, what a day that should be. I, I you know, I'm glad the Charlotte, the Charlotte games over the years have had really crappy kickoff times. Um, I'm glad this is a night game. I, I think if you can afford to go because uh, I know tickets are astronomical and, and that's another topic, but uh, uh, fill it up with garnet and black, man. I mean, that's uh, and when you're in prime time like that, neutral site, you know, Clemson and Georgia filled it up a couple years ago. Uh, it's ty- you know it's a great opportunity to showcase the power of your fan base and um, and what will be a very important opening game uh, for the Gamecocks.
3: Yeah, I Phil, I think um, <clears throat> well, I mean it doesn't take a lot of doesn't take a lot of research to figure this out. All you have to do is go back the last couple of years and and now look at the great divide that is coming in broadcasting when it comes to all of these games and the contracts with the leagues and things like that to figure out South Carolina and North Carolina. Uh, not only drew the best game, best slot of the day on Saturday. They will, I, I will, I will. That that will be my big bold summer prediction. They will host college game day on that Saturday. There's always a college game day on on Saturday. Uh, the real question is, will they have a college game day on Sunday? But if you go back to the last couple of years, as JC just pointed out, uh, they will kind of move the set around, and uh, and they believe it or not, actually have more than one. Uh, So they can't do that. Uh, So what they'll probably do is they'll have the big Saturday show because that's the first big Saturday of the season in Charlotte. And then they'll have a set down in Orlando inside the ballpark for Florida State and LSU uh, coming up on uh, Sunday evening and probably a pregame show of sorts for that. Wouldn't be shocked to see them have one before Florida and Utah on Thursday night as well. They're not going to go to the Colorado TCU game they're not going to do it because they do not want to give any more spotlight to what is going on with the broadcast stuff. Why would they spend the large majority of their program talking about a game that is not going to be on their network that night? Uh, That game is going to end up being aired on pot. So why why would they do that? Why would they give – matter of fact, uh, that game is listed – like if you go to ESPN, right – trying to find it here uh so they've uh they've got it list they they finally finally put fox up there yesterday they had not done that we've known for a while it's been on fox and espn has omitted that from their website okay they hadn't <laughs> even had it on there until pretty much the last i'd say 16 hours at some point in time and yeah, they it gave... wasn't
2: there when we were on the air no it was <laughs> yesterday when... yeah no
3: <laughs> yeah exactly you know and and you look at what's going on here Uh, Colorado, TCU, big noon kickoff is going to lead you right into that at noon. Well, look, look what's on ABC. You got Virginia and Tennessee. You got Boise State and Washington at three thirty on ABC, and you got North Carolina, South Carolina at seven thirty on ABC. Right? Those are all games that historically would be pegged for ESPN. Okay, but because of the new contracts that are out there, you want to talk about like if you want to take this conversation and roll it over into eight- and nine-game schedules, guys, look at the first week of the year. Look at 7 o'clock, NBC, West Virginia at Penn State, 7.30 CBS, Texas Tech at Wyoming, okay? That's an interesting game, by the way, in uh, in Laramie, okay? Look at 7 o'clock on the SEC network, 7.30, Middle Tennessee at Alabama, Look at 7 o'clock on ESPN. You ready for this? Y'all ready? New Mexico at Texas A&M. Yeah. Who the hell cares about that game, right? <laughs> so, that, so right? <laughs> okay, so why are they there? Well, because that's the best that they've got right there. Okay, so I tell you, here's what I think's going on, JC, when it comes to the 8-9 game league scheduling. Here's what I think's happening. They're posturing big time. Are the SEC ADs, probably led by Greg Sankey, regardless of what his public comments are, and saying, well, we're just going to hold firm here because they all know that Disney doesn't want to kick more money into this deal and say, you can keep airing New Mexico and Texas A&M on the first, second, and third weekends of college football season and southeastern Louisiana and Florida and Austin P and Tennessee and all these other BS games, or you can cough up the money. We'll go ahead and add a ninth conference game, and you can start playing some, some, pretty, more, some pretty premier games earlier in the season because NBC is going to have them. Fox is going to have them, and, it, and CBS is going to have them based on their contracts and the number of league games that all these other leagues are going to be playing. So they're going to have them. So ESPN is going to be deficient in that department. And as you pointed out before, JC, you're getting away from a lot of these early season neutral site matchups. A lot of that stuff, it's not like it was a, it was a hot deal. It's not a hot deal anymore. There's a couple of them still out there, but the rest of them are kind of going by the wayside. And so they're going to run out of those. And they're going to have to find a way – to because they're they're going to get you really think ESPN on Saturday night like Saturday night ESPN ratings used to be top of the top of the line top of the chain you th- where do you think A and M and New Mexico is going to come in with all these other games going on around it I mean hell I'd rather watch Washington State at Colorado State that night on the CBS Sports Network so you got all kinds of stuff going on North Carolina South Carolina certainly is going to be there. Penn State and West Virginia is going to be there. Those are going to be your two highest-rated games. And you're talking about ESPN at 730 in New Mexico and Texas A&M. The league knows that, and they're going to hold out, and they're going to make ESPN and Disney pay up to be able to add a ninth conference game. That's what I think is coming down the pike.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I think they're waiting for Disney to get their financial house in order. Which Absolutely. If you look at the history of that company and you sort of look at the macroeconomical – status of streaming uh, I think a lot of companies sort of put the cart before the horse with it uh, invested maybe over invested in streaming um, and and it's it's a it's a subscription play it, it, uh, it's you're not it's 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 a slow growth uh, trust mm-hmm. me I've been in the subscription business uh, online for a long time and so you're not you're projecting all these numbers and you got millions of subscribers but it's just It grows in spurts. And so that's why they're losing money, Um, you know, Disney, because they over invested in Disney Plus. Disney Plus sort of saved the company during the pandemic. But now it's operating at a huge loss. Um, They're going to try to diversify ESPN a little bit with streaming. And then with cord cutting, I think people kind of panicked. Uh, and people have cut the cord and you know I mean we cut the cord we don't we don't we have uh internet through uh Comcast but we don't we have, have cable
2: YouTube TV. but there's still
1: a, l- a large majority of everybody out there still has cable <laughs> yeah. and and I think um linear TV is still the lion's share of the money that comes in uh, it maybe in 10 years it's not that way but uh you know so i i i so my point with all that is i this this sucker, ESPN, Disney, this, this situation, sucker's going to turn back. I mean, mm-hmm. the, Disney's been a, a, a blue-chip stock and a great company, and I'm not going to get into their politics or anything like that um, for years and years and years. ESPN's been a cash cow for years and years and years. They're just going through a recalibration. Um, and I think compared, you know, upping the SEC deal compared to, you know, some of the gigantic rights like the NBA and, and, and things like that that they've been paying out. Uh, is a drop in the bucket and a way to kind of, you know, continue to invest uh, in in their portfolio, you know, without breaking the bank. Uh, you know, I just think right now it's not feasible with the restructuring, with them laying off people. Uh, you know, they're trying to to get this thing headed back in the right direction. So, uh, I and it's a from a football standpoint, I I don't like it because you know there was talk today uh, when I was on the air in Tuscaloosa. Wimp Sanderson's in Destin. Uh I don't know what he's doing. He's just kind of hanging out, I guess. But he thinks uh he thinks they're just gonna do the eight game schedule for one year. And I yeah. I agree. I think they needed to at least do it for two. Uh, I, I I you know, try it out. Um, try the one seven formula out. Uh, go, go for two years, see if you like playing everybody every other year. because uh, it may it may turn out that, hey, look, okay, well, Texas and Texas AM don't play every year, they play every other year, but that's fine. We like the unpredictability of it or whatever. Um, so I think they need to, they need to go through a couple of seasons with it uh, just from a, you know, <laughs> an uncertainty with the schedule standpoint, you know, and having all these debates constantly about who you're playing and stuff. So uh, I think they're going to stick with eight for the time being, but I think it will be temporary and they'll shelve. They'll say, okay, we're going to go ahead and model it up for 2024, hopefully 2025 as well with a 1 seven eight game schedule uh, and then revisit it uh, yeah. you know when they can get paid for it again like you said so there's yeah you know th- there's the economic side of it and then there's the football side of it and you know a lot of times those two things are in conflict but um, you, you got know, we'll too see what many happens.
3: you got too many gaps in the in the TV schedule now, you've got more people in this now Fox yeah. is airing three and four games a day look what the ACC network's doing they're kicking games off at 11 a.m. Eleven, two fifteen, five thirty, and like eight thirty at night. They're they're squeezing four games a day in there. You got NBC airing games now. They're putting games on Peacock as part of that. So you got you got too much. You got you got too much going on to have yeah. every game be quality and these all and they're all trying to be competitive in every time slot. That's exactly what Fox shifted to. Like I just saw a question here or a comment earlier. Bruin Nation said, Well, they've gone to Ohio State and Michigan before, and then it came on at twelve. On Fox, well, that's true. Number one, that's Ohio State and Michigan. But number two, that was before the new TV deal, because ESPN and Disney still had Big Ten games. They still had a financial interest in the Big Ten. They don't have that anymore, so it doesn't matter. So they're they're going to invest their resources where their financial interests are, which are the ACC and the SEC, most importantly. And and uh, and that's going to be with pregame shows. You are going to see a divide. It's coming, guys. Like you're gonna you're gonna be wondering at times when you're watching College Game Day. Why on earth they are not spending more time on game blank? Because it is a big game, but that's because it's a game that is totally unaffiliated with how much money. Now, they're going to have to spend some time on it or they will lose viewership, but they're not going to commit all of their resources to it. They, they have to make sure they commit their resources to those that they are financially in bed with, which is the ACC in the sec and of course some others in, in different parameters. So
1: sort of the big, the big 12, they're splitting the big 12 with Fox, but see ESPN's inventory. And this is, this is another unfortunate part of this, Jamie, because in the South now you're going to see way more new kickoffs. I mean, how many times you've been sitting there watching game day, finishing up your bloody Mary, maybe grabbing a ham sandwich uh and, and game day ends, and and Corso puts the head on, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we're heading to Minneapolis for yeah. Iowa and Minnesota, right? And then on <laughs> on, on the, it's on, and then on the Deuce, it's Illinois takes on a tough Indiana team today. I mean, the Big Ten and, and the Big Ten schools culturally want earlier kickoffs. Yeah, they like that. I, I was yeah. surprised to read that they were you like, we don't want any night games, uh mm-hmm. you know. And and so, the, but those are all gone. The Big Ten's gone. There's no more inventory from those schools for any sport on ESPN yeah, at all, right. they're yeah. out. Okay. They're totally with Fox, CBS, NBC. Uh, now NBC, that's- NBC now is more than just Notre Dame. You know, they got some big 10 CBS has a big 10. And then they have their little conferences like the mountain West that they, that that's why that game, uh, Wyoming, uh, the Wyoming game is on CBS. They got the contract there. So they're bigger players. All that's inventory lost. And ESPN has got a massive amount of channels. Yep. You got exactly. the ACC yeah. network, the exactly SEC right. network, the Deuce, ESPN, ESPNU, um, and so so they're going to be hurt. And this is this is another reason why, like with the Pac-12 situation, it surprised me that ESPN was not a bigger pl- they they're not a player. I'm like, well, you guys need the inventory, you know. Yeah. I mean, Pac-12 After Dark. I mean, you, you got time slots to fill. You can't. Can't be televised. And, I mean, you, you don't even have the Mountain West CBS Sports Network has it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, it's real interesting to me. Uh, it's going to be real interesting, like you said, to follow the programming. And that. And I think you may have uncovered some gold here. Gold, Jerry, gold. Yeah. Because you hit the nail on the head. Uh, people maybe think that ESPN has the leverage. But I don't think not with this, not with the college football content like that they they used to have versus what they are now going to have. With yeah, I mean, it's basically it's ACC, SEC, and a half of a Big Twelve schedule.
3: Yeah, they're going I mean, to want the SEC in nine games, uh, and 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 and, yeah. and my my final examples because I know Coach Lake's waiting. My final, I mentioned the seven o'clock kick, JC, with A and M hosting New Mexico in game one. The three thirty kick right before that on ESPN. UMass at Auburn, baby! Everybody pile on the TV. Can't wait to watch the minute man Walk, march right into the plains and get their rear ends kicked by Hugh Freeze's group. So, like those Boy, games Eagle. historically have been, you know, just big time matchups on opening weekend, and and they don't have it now. It's not any better necessarily with with NBC. You get Tennessee State at Notre Dame. They still have a TV contract there at 3.30 on NBC. But that's my point, is you have so much inventory now that at some point in time, these booger games that are early in the season where people turn it on, they're like, "Ah, I want to watch something else or or go to a different game or whatever it is, they're they're going to have to – people are excited about football the first, second, third. They're excited all year, but they can't wait for it to get here. You can't just plop UMass and Auburn on at 3.30 on ESPN you have got to find a way to own the time slot. That's the whole point of all these TV contracts. That's why they've been doing all this for over the years. NBC's get back in the game. Fox is back in the game. CBS is switching to do this, that, and the other. They, they always want to own some portion of the college football day. ESPN has always wanted to own all of it. So they're going to fight tooth and nail, and they're going to try to find a way to make these conferences work with them. But the conferences are saying, we'll go to nine but you're going to have to pay us money and we're about to prove to you why you're going to have to pay us more money because you're airing UMass and Auburn (laughs) instead of on ESPN plus
1: on ESPN. In fairness, it is a crappy. It's it's what the crappiest overall, the crappiest opening schedule I've seen in a long time. I mean, a couple of years ago, I remember, man, there's a lot of great games this first weekend and that, that became a thing for a while, but it's really not a good one. But, like you said, JB, maybe that's by design. Maybe mm, it's by no. design.
2: What's it's interesting, cute. one of the all big glaring right. things, too, is they're not using two at all. Yeah, USB two and, at all. Nope. No Rarely. two games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they used to have some, even if they weren't that competing or whatever, you know, maybe throw an ACC game or something like that in there, but, you know. Well, the nighttime is where it's, like, I wonder if they're going to go
3: to some type of, like, live programming or something, like, in-studio.
2: Yeah, Yeah, they probably will, yeah. Or have it, like, like start for the over, you know, the run-over games, you know, if somebody's in overtime, they'll start it on ESPN, too, as opposed to putting it on you or something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, instead
3: of having to go. Slip to the stream. All right. Uh, we got to slip to a break because uh, we asked Stuart Lake for his time today and we've kept him waiting, which is a big no no when broadcasting. So we'll head a timeout. Stuart Lake up next on the regional in Columbia right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
4: today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream.
2: Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports Inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit FanPlans.com/InsideTheGamecocks.
0: What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jocelyn Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. First hour of the show presented to you by Cindy Searfoss, the Combo Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. 864 414 5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy and her team about upstate residential real estate needs. And of course, we're joined on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by Coach Stuart Lake, as we uh, uh, are I weekly.
1: I have a What's question up? right off the top. Okay, yes, so hit yes it.
2: probably a yesterday.
3: Probably sir, yesterday.
1: <laughs> I took the afternoon off. Decided I was going to listen to my beloved White Sox and your guy Lance Lynn pitched. What, what, what's what's wrong?
0: What's, what's, what's wrong? What, what's
1: wrong That's with wrong. him? Uh, <laughs> they're, down, they're down ten to two in the fourth inning. It ruined my whole. I had to switch over to the Braves A's, which was an equally terrible game. But the Braves won. But I was like, well, what's going on with Lance Lynn?
0: Well. I didn't. Uh, I didn't keep up. But let me ask, how did Jonah Bride do? I know he's had some success back up with the A's. Was he in lineup yesterday too?
1: He did. Yeah, he. Uh, he I, the, the, I saw him hit a ground ball out. I was actually texted with JB uh, when that yeah. when he came up it was over three yesterday. But he got a hit uh, earlier. But uh, did pretty well. But now nah, I just uh, the White Sox drive me crazy because they got a lot of talent and it's just I've yeah. never seen a pro team just not try.
0: I. Amazing to me. I just, but anyway. Well, I, I it's amazing. Underway. got it. I think Lance, how long he's been in the league now. Golly, I, mean, I know. I think he came out of Old Miss, I guess, in 05, yeah, so 06. I'm trying to think what year. Maybe it was 06 or 7. Heck, I don't know. But he's hung around forever. Maybe a Cy Young
1: candidate this year in the preseason, and I'm like, yeah, it's gone out the window. So, yeah. hey, Angels have a tough lineup, though, so we'll see. Anyway, yeah. on to the Gamecocks. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was listening. To you guys, you ain't got a lot to sort out with all these TV games and football. Jeez, we may yeah. need an old TV guide again I don't know where to find <laughs> all the show well, games are on. Where I think
3: you're actually dead on about that. You know, how many people are going to just be flipping through channels in the fall and realize that there's so many other games going on, either on the ESPN app or the Peacock app or whatever it is. Yeah. And I, so it, it's so Everything is cyclical in life, Coach. In the next five to ten years, somebody's going to come up with this thing called Cable again, and they're going to put all this <laughs> stuff right back into a box, and this new generation of kids are going to be like, never seen this before. This is unbelievable.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah uh, It probably yeah. will. Hopefully they'll have a black box, too, like the old days. They can watch everything. So that'd that's, be right. Fun yeah, that's
2: right. MTV might actually show music videos again. I mean, hell, you know, I'll soon come full circle. Yeah. JC's favorite, Beavis and
3: Butthead. Um, <laughs> all right, Coach. Uh, Drew Meyer, by the way, coming up at the uh, top of the 12 o'clock hour. So uh, pretty good, pretty good stuff here today as we get you ready for the regional. At South Carolina. So, some interesting news yesterday, because Jay and Terry had uh, Coach Hickey on with Central Connecticut State, yeah. and he said that they're probably not going to start their ace tomorrow night, which really probably shouldn't be shocking news, considering he threw 231 pitches in four days in the conference tournament last weekend. Um, a, ki- a kid who, I went and looked at his numbers, and I know that, of course, they haven't played a the level of competition that we're used to seeing really at any level in the great state of South Carolina. But um, he he has had an outstanding year, this young man, who's not going to get the start tomorrow night, Coach. Lefty, 88 to 92, throws three pitches for strikes, only walked 24 guys all season. The most interesting stat I found on him, he had 14 starts. He had 14 decisions. So he goes deep, throws a lot of pitches. That doesn't seem to bother anybody. So I kind of thought all week. All right, look, he's not a guy who's going to run up his pitch count, and get him out of there. He's he's going he's going to stick around, unless you take a good disciplined approach in there and bang him out of there. But he's not going to pitch now. Um. So I'm not. I don't know if you ever saw this guy pitch or not, but those are the type of dudes that win game one sometimes for a four seed. Carolina's going to miss him. They're going to get their second guy uh, tomorrow night. Um. What does that mean in your mind? What type of break is that for Carolina? And their three-hole hitters out because he was ejected last weekend.
0: Well, I think both of those could be big things. Obviously, you're coming in from your Central Connecticut State. You you want to be at full speed as well. So, at, common sense tells us you throw that many pitches. 16 innings he pitched in the conference tournament because they came from the losers bracket. But I went ahead and looked, and I assume Jake Newman. They haven't announced that, but we kind of all assume that. I guess you're throwing your two guy, unless they know something else. Uh, another left-handed pitcher, good numbers, you know, 71 and two-thirds in it, 56 punch out. So sounds like a kind of a put-it-in-play type pitcher more than the kid we were expecting was going to be kind of a strikeout guy. He had been D1's pitcher of the week, you know, coming off the performance he had had. But then with the hitter out, which I heard that yesterday too, I guess they got him in a celebration type ejection is how the coach kind of made it sound like it was he hit a home run to bust the game open and then got ejected so it really made me think we're gonna see some crazy umpiring i think involvement in these regionals because i just see this being a. I want to be moving on to work super regional so i am going to enforce these rules by the letter of the law and we've seen some stuff this year i didn't like in our games with all the celebration. But I think this regionals, I think we're going to see another couple of these instances like they're dealing with. So I think it's a huge, huge break for the Gamecocks and you hope you put them in the loser's bracket and never have to see the pitcher or even the three hole hitter. But uh, I think it's a big break for them.
3: Yeah. It could be an interesting scenario unfolding here. And coach uh, King has not announced his, uh, at least tomorrow night starter Yet I would imagine that's coming up here in the next hour or so when he meets with the with the media. I'm I'm guessing it's probably Eli. Um but don't know. With that said though, coach, NC State and Campbell have to throw their Friday night guy tomorrow at one o'clock. They don't have any choice. They they gotta throw their dude if he's available, right?
0: Yeah. Well I was trying to look smart, so I text Kent Reichert and said, Hey, who's starting? <laughs> And he actually just texted me as we're sitting here and said, you know, we're waiting to see. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of, I'm not going to be shocked if it's not Eli Jones. I'm thinking it could be Hicks. It could be someone different because I'm not taking anything away from game one. Not at all. But it's going to be hard to get through this regional if you have to throw Eli Jones tomorrow night. In my opinion, and I know Sanders is back, but I don't know what role he's back. I mean, I haven't been over there. I haven't watched bullpens, but I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see if it isn't a Hicks or again, for me, I don't want it to be Becker because I want Becker in the bullpen. I mm-hmm. think left handed, another left handed pitcher in the bullpen, but it'll be interesting to see. But you're right. They're going to have to announce them with the media here in just a little bit as it goes. But Campbell NC State, y'all know they don't even play midweek games anymore. Right. I mean, this is a – they don't like each other, period. No. Here's a, so, on top of you're playing a 2-3 game, you're playing a game against somebody you don't like, which takes a lot more out of you, and you're playing at 1 o'clock. It's not going to be a typical Columbia 1 o'clock regional game, but still be warmer than the 7 o'clock game. So, you hope they kind of just wear each other out in about a 15-round match tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> So all right
3: you just brought up in this is this debate comes up every year when it comes to regionals in every school in the country do you start your ace on Friday or do you not start your ace on Friday coach do you do you have a theory on that I seem to remember the days where we're going to throw our Friday night guy on Friday and our Saturday guy on Saturday and our Sunday guy on Sunday but some people like to do it differently you mentioned matchups
0: I just think you gotta know I don't know enough about Central Connecticut State. If I were coaching and doing a Scouting Report, I promise you I'd have told you a lot more than what I've done leading into this. If I feel I can win with, you know, player A B C and save my one and two, then I'm gonna do it. I I think you I think you take all that you have. I don't think you just blindly go, We're throwing our number one because it's you know, the first game in a regional. These regionals, as I was telling me and Bobby Harden were talking the other day. It is different than a normal three-game series because mm-hmm. you are supposedly increasing the opponent that you're playing. You're going to play a four seed and then play usually a two seed. Sometimes a three seed does win. But I, just, I don't think you can just throw your number one guy out there, run him out there, and be done with it. You've got to be smart with your bullpen because if you do fall in that loser's bracket game, you know, you're, it helps now with the new format. You know, you're only going to play one Friday, one Saturday, but you could play two Sunday and turn around and play again Monday. So, I mean, you have to take a lot of this into consideration. So I don't think it's just a case of run your number one out because everybody, you know, thinks you need to. I think you run out who you feel is going to allow you to win this regional.
3: Okay. Let's, to, to, play the game here um, that Mahoney, Hicks, and Eli all get starts in some way, shape, or form. As you pointed out, certainly could play a fourth game, certainly could play a fifth game uh, in this thing. But let's just say those are the three guys and Sanders relegated to the bullpen. My understanding, according to John Whittle, the other day, was that he looked really, really good. Maybe the best he's looked in quite a while in throwing a bullpen. Velo was really good and Those things. So if Becker and Sanders are in the bullpen with that rotation I just mentioned to you, what does that tell you about this team's chances to maybe do some real damage here in the 2023
0: postseason? Well, I think you got a good chance. If Veach is feeling good, I mean, he was a guy when they were rolling that changeup. I mean, he was a dude. And I talked to teams, they were playing after him teams they were coming in to play, that was who they were. would bring up the most out of that bullpen. Kate Austin does a great job. He's got a really exceptional changeup. But I'm telling you, when I was talking to those teams doing TV and stuff, Veach was the name that just kept popping up. And I know he's kind of got that dead arm, it seemed like, about middle to right there in the year. But he's my guy. If he is feeling good and he can come in maybe in that eighth inning with an out I don't know what will if and I trust Whittle on that, but I just I haven't seen him throw a ball in so long now. You just you don't know do you run him in there with a clean inning? Is he a guy you're gonna run in when there's one out and a runner on third? We don't know. I, I know it was never an arm issue. So I mean that's a big thing. <laughs> that arm's been fine and he kept throwing. So I think if all those guys are healthy and you can set stuff up, I as soon as this regional came out I thought this was a good regional for them. I just really do. I feel like it's a, a, you know, I don't know until this week, Central Connecticut. I didn't realize they'd been to six regionals. I didn't realize their coach had been there 24 years. To be honest, I wouldn't have realized it if we hadn't played them. I mean, it's just not a program that's ever really crossed, you know, paths with. But they went to Arkansas, I think it was, in 21, and won a game. They beat Cal there in the, uh, you know, the, elimination game the first day so this is a group i do know that coach hickey has coached in the uh, new england league and the coast and the cape cod league pretty much my whole career so that's how i knew him i just didn't really know much about his program so but the the interesting game to set all this up to me is who comes out of that first game if you can win your friday night game and set up the saturday night game You know, I talked to those guys at Louisville today. I didn't know much about NC State. They said it kind of depends on which team shows up. That one team shows up, they're pretty good if they got there. But there's also a version of them that shows up that, you know, it's kind of, eh, we'll get you the next game. You know, he said that was kind of how they described a little bit how NC State was this year, 13 and 16. That kind of shows it too. But I'm telling you, this Campbell team – There will be more scouts coming to our games to see Campbell's pitchers maybe than to even see our pitchers because they have just constantly talked about the depth and power arms they have. Do you think they deserve to host a regional? Well, if you went on RPI, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't say we're going on RPI and then the chairman of the committee is the AD at the one school that gets it. I just thought that was a weird conversation when they asked it. Just be honest. I told you all that last week. Let's. Well, let's at some point in our society again go. Yeah, I'm the AD there. I recuse myself. Okay, yeah, they're in. Let's just move on. That yes, I think Campbell should have. They had set it up, and I think Campbell should have if this Kentucky scenario that we're all seeing is what it is. That, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. That someone knew it was okay to put players in dorms and to have parents and families sixty-five miles away in in Louisville. Mm-hmm. That don't make any sense to me. How would that
3: not have been brought up or was it brought up or do we know?
0: Well, you know, obviously we weren't in there, but from what I heard, it it was brought up. And that committee felt that by holding hotels in Louisville, they had crossed all the bridges they needed to. I don't know. Did y'all follow on Twitter last? You know, Randy Maisie's at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So Coach Macy was my college coach, so I still keep up with him. I was following some of their stuff last night, and his parents, a player, the the AC went out in the dorm where the players were. They laid two uh, college bunk, whatever you call those size beds. They put them together and then put new mattresses on top, and most of them, the rooms weren't ready when they got there with mattress. It was just like, I'm going, this, the coolest thing about regionals, and I've got to travel for some and I've been home, This is an incredible experience. Only one team is going to win. And usually the host team wins. That's kind of usually that goes. You can – this is all about the experience of a student athlete. I'm shocked if all that is really realistic that's going on, that Campbell gets pushed to the side and you still allow them to host. That just really did not make sense to me. Well –
3: Carolina did deserve to host, and they got it, Coach. Yep. Uh, it, it didn't look like they were ever truly <clears throat> out of it. As a matter of fact, it, it, it just continued. As the selections came out um, and as time got closer that afternoon, I think people who had had enough conversations, um, put it this way, the conversations that, that I had with people you know, they, they felt very good and that hadn't really changed much. So the committee down the stretch really gave a lot of leniency to what Carolina had been going through late in the season and totally felt like their resume was, um, was good enough. And so I think that's why, like, you know, some people were going, you know, fine, just, just send us to Boston college. We can win that regional, send us to Campbell. No, if you can host, you host period. like, Period. The end. What all you just mentioned, a bunch of things there that can go wrong. That's very rare of what's going on in Lexington. Actually, I've never heard of that. But there are other things that can happen that do affect a regional versus being able to sleep in your own bed and and all those type things playing at home. So now that South Carolina is home after that trip and they've had a few days trip to the tournament, the SEC tournament, and they've had a few days off. How do you think this team's going to respond this
0: weekend. I think it's going to be a team like we saw early in the year. I just think the separation from last, I guess it was Thursday to now, tomorrow, just gives you plenty of time to clear your mind. I mean, and now you got back. They got to do two-a-day workouts. You get to enjoy. They knew on Sunday they were hosting, so you know now when you are. You get to then enjoy your, you know, the game when they do the selection show on Monday, so you get to do that. It's, it really has. I kind of laugh with Billy Anderson, strength coach. It don't feel like a regional. And the no only reason it's just been so cool, I'm sitting here in a fleece in my office and it's June 1st. So, I mean, that part we used to think, and Coach Tanner had us convinced, that Heat was our number one friend when we hosted regionals because he would be, conv- he would convince us, you know, those teams from anywhere up north of us, it could have been like Winthrop. They're not used to this heat. You know, he would say, anyone that lived above us, this is who we want. The umpires are going to be hot. They're going to – so we always thrived on that heat, and it really – Good news,
3: Coach. Yeah. It's all changing.
0: Good news. Yeah, it's coming up. We're back
3: to 90 on Saturday in human court. So that was –
0: that's what we (laughs) wanted. So uh, I I do. I think you're going to see a team that – I've been impressed here in town. They just haven't taken to media – To tell us they're getting ready. I thought they went very quiet, which tells me you've got a team that's focused. You know, you got a good team. I mean, all those wins and against those top tier teams is why they're hosting a regional Mm -hmm. and they proved it in that regard. Now, yes, you got to get healthy. I feel like they are. It looks like Cole, we've seen everything he's cleared. Um, Wimmer. I, I don't know, do they put him back at short? I sure love it when he plays short. I know they got decisions to make if he's back in that regard. But, you know, McGillis is a guy, I don't know what his availability will be the rest of the postseason either. So you don't keep thinking about him. But if Wimmer's back, I feel like he does bring you more range at shortstop. And that's not an insult to anybody that's doing anything. I just think it makes their – I think it's going to be a good team. I, I felt from the moment this popped up, this is a regional you can win.
1: I agree. I, I thought Carolina got a much better draw than Clemson, uh, in my opinion. I mean, just I mean, God, you're, you're the you've won 17 games in a row. You marched through the ACC tournament. Oh, we're going to send Tennessee and Charlotte in there, and then Lipscomb's not chopped liver either. I mean, no. it, it, up there, that's uh, uh, not to. I mean, hey, I'll take what you know Carolina's got, and you know, I, I don't really. I don't. I'm not wet, drowning in sorrow for them. But if the shoe were on the other foot, and South Carolina was number four and, and got that kind of draw, man, I, I don't. I think I'd have been complaining a little bit.
0: I did too. I, I think I, I said it as it happened too. I thought they got a tough draw. I even I'm trying to remember who they sent to Wake Forest. I was a little caught off guard. If you're, mm-hmm. the, they keep trying to say we're ranking these teams. Well, it was some good team sent to the higher seats. So then you go and then you match up. You know what? You match up with Florida yeah. and as you swap them. So you always got that in your mind to know, hey, we beat these guys three times. I know it was here, but I'd much rather play a team I know. I remember the year we matched up against Stanford, you know, 2001. You had no way back then of getting good scouting reports back then to the video it and what it is now. So if you can win this thing, and I think Florida wins theirs, at least you feel like it's like when we went to Arkansas in 18, at least you knew what you were dealing with and you were excited to do that. So I thought that was a good matchup for him as well.
3: Yeah. Maryland, by the way, is uh, who you're right. referencing at Wake. Um, yeah. Way, yeah way. Maryland's and, coach and is the
0: runner for the Alabama job. They keep That's the big word kind of in the circles is uh, Alabama's going to hire him and Georgia's going to hire the guy from Camel. So it'll be kind of interesting to see if there's some distractions <laughs> By those guys as this goes on, because you know how the coaching rumor mill is. It's like a, it's like getting your hair done. Everybody's calling each other to sit there and tell what you've heard. But those two have seemed to be the loudest two names. So it'll be interesting to see over the course of a few days.
3: Outside of uh, getting healthy, which you just mentioned, um, seemingly as healthy as they've been in a while, especially if Wimmer's going to be out there. It's short. What would have been Coach Kingston's primary objective or goal this
0: week in getting his team ready to play? I think just making you feel really good. There's not that many speeches you can give. There's only so many videos of whatever. It's just a week of clear your mind, get reset. You know, just realize if you win game one, you're in a good position. You're obviously only – got to win five games and you're in Omaha. I mean, that, that was really – you didn't want to get too far ahead of yourself ever. But if we win three games this weekend and two next weekend, we're going to Omaha. That's right. So, keep – don't let the light at the end of the tunnel be too far away. I mean, it's cool to know, hey, if we can win this game Friday night, we're setting up for our primetime game on Saturday. And if we win that sucker, they got to beat us twice after playing a game earlier in the day. And then it gets hard. So, I'd be putting all my effort to feel good. I, you know, you're in the weight room a bunch this time of week. You're eating. You're getting to do all that. It's just really just getting yourself mentally ready to go. That's what it is. And now when you're starting to get your lineup back, you know, that's, that's an even bigger boost for you. Will Sanders, all of a sudden now he's available. I think it's a huge boost. Coach, a couple of other quick things
3: here, and then and then we'll let you, uh, we'll let you get to it. From a region, I know you off the top of your head probably can't name – every seed and every regional in the country, but, but was there something that, that caught your eye as you, you I mean, you kind of touched on it a minute ago. Ooh, that's going to be a tough one for a one seed to get out of there. You know, an upset type regional somewhere you JC has mentioned, uh, Tennessee, although Clemson is regardless, if anybody wants to hear this or not, they are the hottest team in college baseball. Um, You know, you got some interesting stuff. You got East Carolina up there at Virginia. Of course, Virginia knows their way around the postseason quite well. Campbell here in Columbia is certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, You got A and M playing really well at the end of the year. They got to go out to Stanford. Stanford probably should be careful there. Uh, Anything,
0: even a three seed or a four seed, something for us to kind of watch. I think the biggest thing for me, obviously, South Carolina, Clemson, but. Skyler Mead's still a really good friend to see him get an at-large at Troy. And as I've talked to him, get to go into another environment that he's comfortable. His kids are just driving to Tuscaloosa. And if I'm telling you I'm hearing so-and-so's getting a job at Alabama, well, the Alabama interim's hearing it. So that might be a – as I told him, that might be a good place to be going into because there's some uncertainty of what's going on there. The fans aren't really sure if they – buying in. So I, I'm really excited to watch Skyler and him. If he can get his big hitter going, I had to give him a great motivational story to tell that guy. I have to be, you got to do it. You got to get this guy hitting. You know, he's got a great this guy's got the name of Sugar Shane. How can he be in a slump? But, uh, going, and then Trip Couch out of Arizona. I still follow Coach Couch. You know, they got in yeah. with an under 500 um, Pac-12 record and they get to go in I believe they're going into Arkansas, but again, he's familiar with it. And big thing is if you're playing tomorrow, you got a good chance as anybody because stuff happens. You just don't know how it's going to go. So I just know right now today's always a cool day. You're getting to practice. You're getting, you know, your regional t-shirt given to you by the manager and it's hard to sleep tonight getting ready to play. That was the hard thing about playing the night game is you just wanted to play. That, I think that's why a lot of teams do choose to play the early game, is it just, let's go. Let's get this thing going. And uh, the weather, knock on wood, looks like it's going to be great. And I just – I'm excited for it. I just think it's going to be a great weekend. we sold a lot of tickets.
3: Can we just go ahead and predict the 2011 UConn thing happens again So they beat Florida and Gainesville. We win our regional, and then they have to come to Columbia next week. Can we just go down that road? Is that Well,
0: believe me, you start doing that. As you kind of start to win, you start paying attention to Florida's regional. Hey, Florida, we've seen them go on the skids. They'll have games where they certainly can do that. I know they finished really strong, finished tied for the championship, but I don't think this is a 2010 or maybe later on Florida team either. So uh, let's hope – I wouldn't mind having two weekends of it. Well, there's a lot of really interesting three
3: seeds with a lot of college baseball history as well in the tournament this year. Texas Tech is down there in Gainesville. Um, You got uh, Louisiana down in Miami as a three seed. Uh, We know them all too well, although thank God it's getting further and further away from us. (laughs) It can never be forgotten, unfortunately. Yep, and in uh, the Stanford Regional – a program with a ton of history. You got North Carolina up in Terry Hall at in Indiana State. You mentioned Arizona; they're in that Fayetteville regional. You got TCU down there as well. They all know what their way to 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 Omaha. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm I'm with you. I'm proud of Skyler. I hope the Trojans go into Bama and take down the Tide, and and um, and we'll see what happens there. Final quick coaching thing. Uh, big news out of Middle Tennessee this week with Coach Meyer. Being named the head coach, that gave me goosebumps when I saw the video because he's such an outstanding person. I know Kevin Nichols is going to stay on as an assistant with him. You know those guys inside and out, and you've known Jerry for decades. Uh, your thoughts um, and uh, comments on one of your one of your good buddies getting the head gig up there.
0: Yeah, I'm just proud of him too. You know, Chris Massaro was here for years with all of us. Um, now he's the AD there. I, I, I always, when someone ever asked me about coaches – My line is always, "I my son's name's Hayden. I'd let Hayden play for him. Mm -hmm. I don't get to say that about a lot of guys because I don't know them as well as I do Jerry Myers. And that would be the biggest compliment I can give Coach Myers. I would be very proud to let my son play for him. And anybody, I just had one of my best friends, Quincy Boyd, his son transferred over there this year as a grad student, had a great year, Jeremiah Boyd. Quincy called me and said, I always trusted you, but holy cow, I never got to be around Coach Myers as a scout like I got to as a parent. He he is off the charts as a person. His wife, Chris, I, I just i I was kind of saying, what are they waiting for? I mean, you don't get a guy like that, you know, in that interim role. So I'm super excited for Coach Myers and and what he'll get to do there now in that program.
3: He's going to do an outstanding job. Hopefully, they'll be a mid major hosting a regional. Uh, hope before so. too long. That would be yep. wonderful news. You mentioned your son. He graduates tomorrow. Congratulations to him <laughs> and to your family. I know you're excited to see him walk across the stage in the morning. And then are you are all going to watch baseball tomorrow night or is there a party? What, what are you doing?
0: Well, here's the deal. He played in the North-South game yesterday and or Tuesday and Wednesday. So we got graduation. He is going to help coach the Junior Legion team when he's not playing. So tomorrow night they've got a game, and Saturday he's the field crew for a Little League All-Star game. They're paying him to drag the field, and he keeps something he wants to coach when his career's over. And uh, to be honest, I think he really does because that's what he's doing. I know they're going to sneak away, a lot of them, to the beach next week. But uh, all baseball this weekend until this regional is over before we get going.
3: Well, Coach, I'll um, I'll be up there later on this evening, so I'll give you a shout at some point in time tomorrow. But um, hats off to you, to your 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 son and your family. Congratulations! I know you can't wait to see him walk tomorrow morning, and we uh, we look forward to hopefully having a good conversation next week about a super regional.
0: No doubt, I look forward to it. Thank y'all for having me, and I'll be looking for you this weekend.
3: Hey, thanks always for making time for us, man. We really do appreciate it. I enjoy it. it.
0: I appreciate y'all asking. Thanks, Coach. Thanks,
3: thanks, Coach. There you go, Stuart Lake, one of the best. In the business, no question. A guy who can back that up is Drew Meyer. We'll hit a timeout. He'll lead off hour two right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Cinerama Studios.
1: I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost, turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, Thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former
3: Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina.
0: Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stone from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show garnet in black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox.
3: You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com.
1: Don't you know no no from the little chick to the big old cock the game. Pick up Everyone, the West chickens, cows, Danny see. Hill spurs, 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 spurs. And It down Oh, let him celebrate now right to the, field,
2: of the oh. Well I bet you want to win
3: Carolina hoping to crow this weekend at Founders Park. Welcome back hour two inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co, the Barndominium Co.com. <clears throat> as low as $160 per square foot to build your dream home in the Carolinas and Georgia or in Tennessee. The dream home of the Gamecocks is hoping dreams start to come true. <laughs> Once again, this weekend, Founders Park will welcome NC State and Campbell at one o'clock tomorrow in Carolina and Central Connecticut State tomorrow night. Drew Meyer has played in a couple regionals himself and Supers and in Omaha. And we haven't talked to him in a while. He's been kind enough to help us double up today following Stuart Lake. What's up, man?
5: Not a whole lot. Just getting excited. I heard you talk about the weather. I'm ready for it to heat up, too. I I yeah. I, 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 I like it hot, hot. I want to be sweaty. I want to be tired after the game. So, hopefully we get some of that weather this weekend. I
3: I think he hit on something there. I mean, you played – in a regional in Columbia in 2000, 2001, and 2002. Uh, It it does – it just feels – every regional I've ever been to in Columbia, it's hot and it rains, it seems. Yep. Um, It just feels like that time of year.
5: Yeah. In fact, I was listening to Coach Lake about the northern teams coming down. We didn't really talk to as much of the college guys back in the day like maybe they do now with the access to Twitter and stuff. But I can say my first summer in Pro Bowl, I got sent to Savannah – and that was a bunch of guys coming down south for their first time. And I can tell you, it was a huge problem for them, how much they sweat. They couldn't keep their hands dry. They didn't realize how much rosin you actually need to be using. Um, it took a toll on them. It took a while for some of those guys to figure it out.
3: What the hell happened to Savannah? They used to be the Sand Nats, and now they dance around like a bunch of bananas. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know, it's a funny story. The you know They have like that secondary team called the Party Animals. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there was a guy who used to coach like Oklahoma City Community College. And so when we were home at Oklahoma in AAA, he would come by and flip balls and throw BP and just be an extra set of eyes. And he had this little seven-year-old kid that would just hang out in our locker room all the time. Coolest little kid. He he was good. He'd run numbers up in the stands to maybe a particular uh, spectator that you wanted to converse with afterwards. He, he'd run it up to the stands for us and had fun with it. But he's the catcher now for that uh, party animals team. So I'm seeing his dad post all these little clips of doing stuff, and it's crazy. It's you know definitely a different brand of baseball than maybe I would sign up for. But uh, anything mm-hmm. to keep these kids involved is pretty cool. It's it's
2: the, like the Harlem Globetrotters.
3: I, I, it, it, I mean, they're they're killing it though financially. Like it was a it was a brilliant idea from a monetary standpoint, and it brought in the. I mean, there are d- definitely like good baseball fans, but like the fringe fan that doesn't know jack crap about the game of baseball, they just want to be entertained. They love it. So,
5: yeah. Well, if you did know something about baseball, you wouldn't know what you're watching. it'd so be like, wait no. a minute, why is he <laughs> out It's a foul ball? But uh, right. <laughs> yeah. it's pretty cool. Some of those guys are pretty talented, man. Some of those trick throws, We I mean, we do all that stuff, you know, playing around in the infield and, and uh, to be able to pull them off in the game is like they do. That looks fun to practice, you know, that'd be a fun practice. I think I would enjoy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man. All right, well, hopefully we all enjoy what we see at Founders this weekend. Uh, Carolina, Coach King just spoke. He has not officially announced a starter for tomorrow. So, I guess kind of playing some gamesmanship with Coach Hickey up there. They're expected to announce their number two guy, uh, the Newman kid, over the Niman kid who was going Mm -hmm. to start, but he threw 896 pitches last week in 72 hours, basically. Um so, but I think one of the most important things here, Drew, is Carolina earned a regional spot here. And and I know, you know, you haven't watched every pitch of every game. It's it's hard to do that. But you've seen enough to know where they were and what they went through to finish. And we haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, so kind of walk us through what you saw the last few weeks of the year with the injuries, guys playing in new new places. I'm talking about – bullpen guys you've kind of been pulled in to to take on long relief roles short roles where they hadn't been before new starters Wimmer being out at short I've, I'm going to get to that with you here in just a little bit and how Wimmer and him and Braswell but just kind of walk me through your eyes and what you've uh what you've watched over the last few weeks to get to this point
5: yeah I mean after such a torrid start I mean I was, I was thinking back in my head there was some comparisons to our old team and well, twenty game win streak to start, and I'm like, yeah, but I mean, that the twenty two games was pretty cool. But the toughest part is that was turning around, losing a couple, and then winning twenty one more within the within the conference. That I said, when they get to conference play, they can hang with anybody. That wasn't necessarily the question. It's just, can you ha- can you hang with them for ten rounds that the SEC schedule presents? And I think as they had some injuries, a lot of injuries, quite honestly, come about. Not only did you lose the production on the field, but you lost that leadership role out of some guys that you need to be. You need to be in the game and 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 leading by example. So, um, as far as like Wimmer coming back, I mean, just to, to get him in the dugout. It sounds like Will Sanders is going to make an effort to to get on the mound in some role and capacity. That those are huge lifts for these players. So it feels like they kind of hobbled in and finished down through the stretch with the mindset of let's just get to let's just get to regionals and then we'll go full speed and um, get back to the ball we're used to playing.
3: Okay, you were the shortstop at South Carolina for three years. Uh, Wimmer was outside of Cole Messina, seemingly the leader of that team when he was on the field, what type of impact does it have when he's off of it?
5: Well, it's tough because just from what I've seen, he doesn't necessarily look like the vocal leader. He doesn't seem like the loud, chatty kind. He kind of just goes about his business and takes care of it. So sometimes, you know, I haven't been able to see him up close and personal in the dugout, but when he's not on the field, that's when he's best. And if he's not necessarily a big vocal guy, he, he, he feels lost too. I mean, these guys aren't used to sitting the bench. Um, they've been playing since little league and probably been a starter and done the whole thing. So when you kind of get that forced time out, that forced break um, sometimes you can let it reset your mind and you really know what your approach is going to be when you get back in there. Cause you've gotten a chance to watch the game from afar um, or quite honestly, you can go the other way where you've lost your stride, you've lost your timing and, and you don't get those early season A.B.s to just get back to on timing. But I think he wasn't out as long, you know, maybe – I forget what it was, maybe a month or so with the hamstring. And so I think he think he probably still got in the cage a little bit, even if it was laying down bunts, just to see some moving pitches at him. I, I, I'd imagine he did some of that type of stuff along the way.
3: Yeah, follow-up to that, J.C. brought this up the other day as well. I think we were talking to little about it, Drew. So if you put yourself in his shoes, how did not playing the infield affect you – All Offensively, this really never happened much to you. I mean, you, you never really you didn't DH. I don't think ever. But you played short, and you and you were in the lineup. But if you were taken, if you went down with an injury, and they were just able to work you back in from an offensive standpoint, but you weren't playing in the infield, how can that affect a guy?
5: I think it would affect me a lot, just because I didn't do it a lot. Even you know when I got in the pro ball, I'd play some different positions, whether it was second base or left field or center. And quite honestly, those felt like days off defensively. Those were easy positions for me, and and I didn't have to stress as much. But, you know, being from a shortstop, it's, you know, I never looked at the game of what am I going to go hit tonight. I, I I looked at it as, like, how can I help my team win? And so maybe I didn't have a good day at the plate, but damn it, I'm going to go make a play in the hole or make some great play to help help our team and affect this thing. So when when you're hitting only, it just feels like there's so much pressure on just those three or 4 at-bats that you're going to get. I
1: remember a lot of those plays, Drew. My God, you... <laughs> that was <laughs> – oh, man, you were great. I that, remember the that one that went right, the right through your
2: legs, too. Up, there, there was There's a couple of those. Too. I remember that, that one,
1: too. that was – Those were
2: a... all pretty rangy, though, right? Yeah. Mm, man. Oh, no,
1: he
3: made some plays that there wasn't anybody oh, yeah. else making, yeah. uh, period. Uh, it, Drew got the balls in the six hole that you don't get to, and he mm-hmm. threw them out which is yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Improv- I, mm. I, I do think that that is interesting, though, not just from a shortstop standpoint, but, like, when you when you find out who you are, Drew, and how you're going to help your, your program, whether you're a second baseman or a shortstop or a third baseman or whatever, and that's where you settle in. And they really appeared settled in for almost 40 games or 40 games, basically. Yeah. and And then things happen. And you've got this chain reaction where you're moving this guy here and this guy here. And the lineup is changing seemingly almost. It feels like every game or every other game. And you don't know if you're going to be in the lineup at second today versus maybe playing in the outfield, like a guy like will Tippett or a guy like Braswell pretty sure he's going to be at short, but he also might be at third. Um, You know, Messina would show up to the yard some days and they're like, Hey, we got to play at third. He had to play Mm -hmm. first some days. So, there was just a lot of moving around, and and I and I do think that there is a correlation with baseball players when you get them out of their comfort zone. Although the the common person or, or those that have never done it before, and I totally understand this, I'm not saying this in a, to be rude, wouldn't think that that would carry over to offense. I think it does. I I think that you your whole body gets tied into just this routine, and when you feel like you're out of that routine. It, it throws you off, and Drew, when you get thrown off in baseball, there's a thing called a slump, and it can be hard to get out of that sometimes.
5: Yeah, I mean, especially from the defensive side, moving around and not knowing where you're going, um, it takes a lot of hard work to play any of the positions. And so when, you, when you're when you going to this position that you're not necessarily your natural at, you know, you got to work on certain plays. Your coach is having to remind you of the tips and how it may bounce off this ball or positioning or – all the things—it's just—it's just a bunch of cloudiness in your head, as opposed to just being free, you know, thinking free and clear, and then going to the plate, just doing what you do. You, you, it seems like you've always got something on your mind of defensively, um, and then as far as you know, the consistency of the lineup. I mean, I—I I, I do, you know, I fill out my little league teams lineup and stuff, and like, it's tough. Like, sometimes you're making moves. Not, it's thing I tell them: the batting order is not a ranking of what I think of you as a hitter in any stretch of the imagination. Sometimes I'm trying to move a guy up or down to see how he reacts. You know, sometimes I'm trying to challenge a guy and put him in the seven hole and play left field. I'm I'm trying to get you out of your comfort zone because it looks like you're you're you know thinking too much this way. So, you know, it's it kind of goes back to what I was thinking in the beginning of the year when I said, all right, you know, what do we need to do to these teams we play early? I'm like, beat the crap out of them. Let some guys <laughs> get some playing time and get some some reps because you may need them down the road. And I think that that's helped them a little bit moving forward. You know, I mean, I'm looking at Braswell's numbers and I, I was just kind of looking at final stats. I mean, it, it blew, it's crazy. He only had one home run and one stolen base. Yeah. And I'm like, man, he just seems like such more of an electric type player. He's got more in the tank on that. Um, all these guys, for that matter. I mean, I think this is an opportunity this weekend to maybe steal some more bases than what you have this year. Um, they're 55 to 63, they're not getting thrown out. Uh, so I think they might have to push the issue a little bit more and surprise some teams. Um, especially if you're one of those speedier guys, um, I don't think it's our reputation that we run a bunch. Well, let's let's see if we can get an extra base or two that might make a difference.
3: And gotta get on base to do that, Drew. Uh, they've they've had some some issues with that lately, but but this is a clean slate. I mean, isn't there something to that? You've you, we just talked to Coach Lake about this. They've been home for a few days. None of any. It doesn't matter. Not one inning. Nothing that happened in the last. Sixty games, almost fifty-eight games. I think it was. Doesn't matter anymore. So, th- yeah, this is this is a new season, and you've again been here before. Did y'all turn the page? Like, I mean, y'all had great years two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two, but you also acknowledged that it was a new season for everybody that you were playing. So oh, it yeah. works both ways. It's
5: walk us through yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when when you flip the script, I mean, I. I Reality, you should be turning the page after every weekend. It's over. You can't change it. You can learn from it, but it's we still got tomorrow. So, um, I mean, I know I got in trouble one time at the SEC tournament. We had lost and press did a little press conference. And question was asked: Is losing, losing the SEC tournament ruin your season? I was like, No, not by any stretch of imagination. I'm like, We're about to go play in the regionals for a chance to go to Omaha and win a national championship. And ultimately, that was our goal to start the season. And, of course, the headline the next day read that Meyer doesn't care about the SEC tournament.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so I had to like
5: have a little powwow with Coach Tanner on maybe how to word that a little better. <laughs> but I think people overestimate how much these kids hold on to these losses, and I say that in a good way. These kids are – it's over the next day. They're moving on. Us yeah. fans, we dwell on it and we think about it all day, et cetera. They don't. they They, they move on as fast as you can imagine. Just go walk, just go hang out with them after a game and you'll probably realize what I mean. They're not talking baseball and worried about their swing and this and that. their kids letting loose and that's what they should do. Play the game as hard as you can on the field and leave it there. Uh, Drew,
3: based on how the staff has kind of come together late in the season, it's totally different from the beginning of the year. you know we we come in remember that conversation you and I had on the phone in February we talked for an mm-hmm. hour or more. And we're like, man, Sanders and Hall and Mahoney, and you got all these guys in the bullpen. They got all these arms, and they're okay. Well, today's June first. That's less than that was three and a half months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, none of those guys are starting anymore. Well, Mahoney is. Uh, yeah, Jersey Beck's gone, and uh, I mean it's just all new roles and new faces. But it, let's say that I don't know that he's going to announce a quote rotation this weekend because it's a regional, but. Let's say that the rotation is Jones, Mahoney, Hicks, or that in some form or fashion. How does that make you feel going into the postseason?
5: Well, it's not ideal considering what we started with, but at this point in the season, these guys have had some experience in these roles. You know, It's not like Monday morning they found out that these guys are out and now you're scuffling and what are we going to do? I think they've kind of come to accept what their roles are going to be. We don't know when you're going to pitch. Uh, you better be ready whenever your name's called. Kind of feeling. I think they're they're no different than the offensive lineup and defensive lineup. It's that's the the mantra you just have to have as a team of we're going to win this regional as a team or we're going to lose it as a team. But everybody's going to get the opportunities, and you just got to do your best when the, when when your time's called. But I agree with Coach Lake uh, that always throw your ace on Friday deal. Uh, I think if you, win the, you you want to increase your chances to win this regional, you try to skate by with maybe not the guy you think is your ace. Because uh, Campbell okay. or NC State is going to be coming out hot for, for South Carolina. Uh, Campbell, for sure, is probably pissed that they didn't host. So if they uh, they get by NC State, they're going to use this game's motivation to to maybe show the NCAA that they, they made a mistake on on who should be hosting this. So, you know, you got to get there first, but... You know, you can't lose this first game. That'd be detrimental. I mean, they can't come back. But you got to come from the mm-hmm. loser's bracket with maybe a, a short pitching staff. They got to try to win three, three in a row here and just get this thing sewed up quickly. I mean, I don't I don't think Mahoney's going
3: tomorrow anyways. And I think he's the best one they've got, personally. But Yeah,
5: I do too. I do okay. too. I would, I would personally save him for that Saturday game. Whether it's a – maybe you did lose on on – Friday somehow, well, you got your season on the line. That's, that's where he's got to throw. So, um, you know, it's a tough regional, let's, it's NC state. They, they've had a pretty damn good program for a few years now. This is nothing new to those guys. Um, and, and Campbell yeah. just looks like they're, their a squad.
3: Campbell should be hosting over Indiana state. Uh, so you, you just mentioned something there. I talked to Coop the other day and I said, give me the scouting. I hadn't watched a ton of NC state this year, but Citadel went up there and faced him. And, um, I mean, you know, Blake, Blake's got an eye for baseball as good as anybody. He's like, yep. well, you know, on the mound, if they have a day, they'll have a day. But overall, that's where they've struggled this year. But, they, but they're going to swing it. Uh, and they're mm-hmm. coming into Founders Park. You pair that with the fact that, <clears throat> Drew, there are just programs. When when you've been in the postseason a bunch, there's, there's always carryover from guys who've been there. And, and that's that makes a lot of programs dangerous. That once was South Carolina. Hopefully we're kind of restarting that around here. But teams like Arizona and Texas Tech and NC State and so many others that are on the road, those are scary teams in a regional because they know exactly how to get to Omaha.
5: Yeah, it's, it's I don't think it's by coincidence. I mean, obviously you have to have good players to do it. But it seems like when certain teams or programs, or, or not certain, a lot of them, when they go to Omaha, they kind of go in bunches. It's not just once every blue moon. It's like they get two or three out of a team. And I think a lot of it has to do with experience. Yeah. Um, playing in a regional game for a lot of these kids, it's it, it gets, it's exciting. Don't get me wrong, but you weren't nervous. Now, maybe my freshman year, I had a little bit of nerves first time mm-hmm. done this whole deal. There's NCAA reps everywhere and all these different rules you're not used to. And it was kind of an experience, but... Kind of once you've been through it once or twice, it, it's it's second nature. It's it's the moment you work hard for to get back to this exact moment. So you're typically not as nervous. You're you're excited to play, and you come across a team that maybe Central Connecticut State coming into South Carolina. This is going to be a probably a wide-eyed moment for them. Like holy crap, this is incredible. You know, NC State maybe not as much. They they play a little bit and Campbell. I looked through who they played. They played some big teams, but they haven't played in an environment like this. Um, so I yeah. think all those could be factors, uh, especially if Carolina can get the ball rolling and, and get the crowd in the game, you know, pretty quick.
3: All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's get you doing some, uh, some X's and O's stuff here. Evaluate. I don't want to say versus, but you know what I'm saying? Wimmer Braswell's played really well over there since, since Wimmer's been out, by the way, he doesn't have the range. You can see that, but he has really, really played well. Evaluate these two guys as a former shortstop.
5: Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, Braswell's held it together. I mean, he's he, he's he's done his job of what he's been asked of, play a decent shortstop. We don't need to be the superhero. Just go out there and, and do everything you can. And kind of, uh, they probably assume Wimmer would be back at some point this year, so kind of hold down the tent. I think he's done pretty good. Um, you know, Wimmer's made great plays all year. He's, he's capable of the great play. He's had a couple here and there that maybe have gotten lazy on, but, Yeah, Um, that's that's expected in a long season. That's just part of baseball. But I think both of them have held held down the fort pretty good, Um, especially for a guy like Braswell that probably wasn't getting a ton of reps through the fall and early spring. Just it was kind of writing on the wall that Wimmer had won it over. And now he's fighting for a starting position, maybe somewhere else. So he probably spent a lot more time. Um, But I think as a shortstop. You you know, it's once you've done it a million times, it's pretty easy to step back in that role and just do what you've always done it's probably a little more stressful for him going to play anywhere else just because it's not his natural position
3: yeah he th- there's been a couple this year that I felt like he just just let it go man let it go yeah. you know go you know re- just fire it over there <laughs> get the ball out of You're your right. hand and don't try to push it across the infield um, yeah but you know I don't know what the hell do I know I got a microphone on yeah um, <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry about that, Drew. Uh, I've been battling the sickness, man. So hopefully, if I see oh, there you tomorrow, you go. I won't shake your hand. I just, <laughs> just give, I just give you a hug. You're
5: you're, you're you're probably still wearing a mask in public, aren't you? You i right, a mask when you're driving I, around. I drive with it. Yeah, <laughs> ninety five <laughs> degrees. And you have your window up with a mask on.
3: Yeah, no, I go walking by yourself. And, and the whole nine yards.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm without the mask. I, I'll, yeah, I'm a big I'll do mask I, I, Yeah, I got. I, I put it on to go to the mailbox.
2: You can't be too
1: careful uh, yeah, yeah, I saw this lady literally Driving in her car the other day And of course I live in a place where a lot of people Continue to mask up at all costs With a face shield on Windows yeah, rolled goodness. up in her car A face shield
0: I'm uh, like mm.
1: I, I, Nobody else in the car either man I mean I, I can see if it's an Uber driver Or something like that But nobody else in the car That's it's crazy easier. Yeah, yeah. We live in a weird world, guys. We are a weird world.
3: I mean, I still think it's funny when you go to a restaurant and somebody's got a mask on and they pull it down to take a sip and then they pull it back up. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> are you
5: and, it, and it's like a cloth mask that, like, couldn't save anything. <laughs> no.
3: no. no. Yeah. <laughs> not, that's not going to exactly. help you. Thank <laughs> <My laughs> God. Um, before we let you run here, Drew, I, I we, we talked to Landon yesterday, and um, which hats off to him, got his team back in contention to win another one, which is crazy. Um, but he was talking about the O two Miami miracle at uh, okay. at the Sarge, and um, I think the the funniest part of the whole conversation because we I had forgot I was at the game, but I had forgotten that he Coach Tanner asked him to lay a bunt down that inning. Oh um, yeah, which he he got down. Yeah, you know, whatever. That's why it's called a miracle. Um, yes, so that was part of it. But um, I I think one of the things that that when you look back on that that moment and you bring today there's been a lot of negativity around this program and people will hear that and they'll immediately jump to defenses of well they've been terrible and oh okay that's fine Um, the point is there's been a lot of negativity around the program uh, going back um, since really not long after coach Holbrook was hired when he missed the 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 postseason for the first time and and um, and when you look up in the stands in the seventh inning or the eighth inning or the ninth inning. A lot of times if Carolina's down three or four runs, half place is empty. You know, they've right. just quit and given up on everybody. What's your message to the fans? This, this is a good group of kids. First of all, um, they are good people in this program and they're fighting their asses off to go out and win a regional and do some damage here in 2023. So, I'm not saying they're going to be down this weekend. I actually don't think they will be. I think they're going to play really well this weekend and move on. But what is your message to the fans to support this program this weekend and make Founders Park a place we've seen it, which is one can be one of the top notch uh, environments in the country, just like the Sarge used to be. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, I would just say, you know, even to to, to my own team if I was coaching, it was like this is a nine inning slugfest you you got to stay on them every single inning for all nine and just wear the other team out to where they've lost their will. And the players can do that with their effort and their hustle and their attitude and quality A-Bs and all that stuff. And then if the fans can get behind it and, and join in with that effort, I think that's when you see the best, best results. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that, that having the crowd in a game, how, how much of a difference it makes, um, whether it's pumping up your own team or kind of demoralizing the other team. I mean, we played a tournament up in Myrtle Beach at an 11-year-old, and our our parents really started getting into it and chants and stuff like that. And you could visually see the other team just fold in front of you with that extra pressure. So if you can if you can get the crowd off their feet early, big play, big pitch, home run, something like that to where the fans kind of can taste that victory as well, I think that's when you just pile it on and you, and you make it really, really difficult for a team to come back, no matter how good they are.
3: Well, Drew, I hope, um, hope we get to have a conversation at the end of the weekend that's positive. Caroline's got a great chance to win a regional, and uh, who knows? Maybe it'll all work yeah. out to where they're right back at home next weekend.
5: But Yeah, um, I mean, they got everything right in front of them. Know. You know, I mean, there's no excuses. It doesn't matter how you ended, all that, it's over. You're sitting at home in a regional. You couldn't ask for anything better this weekend.
3: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, thoughts on Coach Myers getting the job at Middle Tennessee?
5: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I was with Coach Lake. I didn't even realize he still had the interim tag on him. I just thought that was a, a uh, you know, a short term thing, and that I, I missed it. But uh, yeah, I texted him the other night, and and uh, what a great guy. I mean, he's yeah. uh, I've known him for a long, long time. He had to come all the way down to we were playing Garrett High School, and he had he, Coach Tanner sent him down to scout, not scout me, just show me show me some love because I was already committed. And my coach, I wasn't even scheduled to play that game because Garrett just wasn't that good. And uh I had to go get my uniform on stuff and I had to pitch just because Coach Myers is sitting over there in the weeds getting chewed alive by the Charleston mosquitoes. <laughs> he's probably like, Why am I here? Like he's already coming. I had to drive two hours for this stupid kid to pitch against a team that's probably not very good at all. <laughs> but those are the kind of things and commitments that he does for for his players and to show you, you know, his love, and it's real. Uh, it's not fake, and he'll tell you what he thinks too. It's hard to get him to talk, but when he talks, you better listen because uh, he's full of wisdom.
3: I was just about to say he's a man of few words, but the words that he does say, they, they have meaning. And I think one of the great things I've always found about Coach Myers is he always asks about you. You know, he's always, yeah. well, how, how are you doing? Um, yeah. that's his first, it. you know, he never wants to talk about himself, and um, no, that's just the no. lineage of Coach Tanner, man. Coach Tanner's had so many great people in this program over the years, and it's neat to know him. That's awesome. I think he's gonna have them rolling quickly.
5: Yeah, I, I think so too. He's been asking me if I could zip up there and maybe help out with some practices here and there. And you know, he knows my <laughs> wife's from Tennessee. I'm like, Man, when I go to Tennessee, I I got to go to the in halls house. I mean, I can't be like I'm going here. And y'all go that way. That's uh, why party probably kills me for as much time I spend with baseball. So I was like, well, we'll find maybe a, a spot in the fall where I can zip over.
3: Zip over to Murfreesboro. That's that's not a yeah. zip, you know. Yeah, I know.
5: That's why I got to figure it out somehow. But I, I'd love to go yeah. check it out and, and help him out in any way I can. Though. That'd be something fun. All
3: right. Well, do me a favor. I'll I'll If you've got one, I'll bring cash. But I'd love to get my hands on one of those blue blue claw hats of yours. Oh I, yeah, I'll
2: bring
5: some up tomorrow. If you, it's funny, they, we, it, all the all yeah, all the umpires. Uh, this is our blue one.
3: Yeah, yeah, I want that's the um, S- one I want. Can I? will pay you for yeah. one.
5: Yeah, we yeah we got him. Hey, it's funny. We were playing a Myrtle Beach in the umpires. It It's a million game. He comes over. And he's like, hey man. I, Got any extra hats? And I was like, ah, we'll see how th- we'll see how this game goes yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure, sure,
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: depending on what yeah. you do in this next half inning, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. sure enough. It was
5: a championship game, and we end up getting uh-huh. we, we uh, played eight innings, two hour and forty five minute game, and we got walked off, so oh, not man. a good way to finish that game. We were playing Sheldon Browns. he's got a, a organization yeah. up in uh, Clover. And uh, it was one of his T24 teams. And so we got them the day before. We snatched a victory. We were down three going into fifth and did the old five spot in the bottom of the fifth, three quick, gets, quick outs and got the game. But they got paid back in that championship game. And no, I did not end up getting that umpire of the hat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you you got to earn it.
5: You got to earn it. You got to <laughs> earn it,
0: man. Hey, Shelton's I can't got to get it.
5: I can't say how, but if I'm not in a good mood after the game, I'm probably not giving things away.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sheldon has a good program going up there. He's done a nice job with that. Yeah, yeah, he's he's solid, very well coached. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. That's a well. If you, if you could, if you, I'll text you. If you don't, if you've got one, I'll
5: pay you for it. I just, I just want one. Yeah. Hey, hey, who
3: was uh? So who designed all this
1: stuff?
5: Uh, with our team dads and stuff, we, we, we kind of got some good creators. I was like, y'all come up with color schemes and logo designs. Cause I, I'm probably better served on the baseball field and y'all do that part. So really yeah. kind of a big team effort. We had a lot of thoughts on it though.
3: Well, I, I, I guess I asked the question wrong who I'm trying to plug him for,
5: for business here.
3: Who, uh, who, who did the uniforms for you?
5: Oh, Mr. Mr. Matt Campbell. Yep. Yeah. Over at BSN. He, yeah. uh, he, he got all our phew, we spent a lot of money with him. We had to, we built the baseball field and cage nets and I mean those orders, it's funny. You think about baseball and and you know, for me it's always just been on the field and but when you start talking about all the, the various things that you need to make a team run, uh Campbell was very easy to work with. Just text him, This is what I need and here you go. Get sent over. Yep.
3: He'll get back to you within generally seventy two to forty eight days.
5: Yep. <laughs> depending on <laughs> depending on the depending on the weather.
3: Yeah, exactly. No <laughs> doubt. Hey right, man, look forward to uh catching up with you. I, I know we kept you a little long, but um but really do appreciate everything and and we'll try hard to pull those game through this weekend. Great stuff as always, Bud. All
5: right, thanks for having me on. I'll be up there tomorrow.
3: Thanks, Drew. There you go. Drew right. Meyer, first right. round draft pick, former thanks. All-American, former coach at Carolina and current
5: Blue Claws
3: CEO Blue of the Claws. Blue Claws, which they are, they're they're Drew's Claws we'll have to have him on another day about actually how you run a youth program and not tear kids arms apart um because he uh he's it's not just let's just try to squeeze four and five games into saturday and sunday he knows what the hell he's doing and um, that'd be, maybe if I
1: were a youth league baseball coach that'd be my biggest concern like absolutely I mean, yeah I, I, cause, he, he's know, smart he, about he, it he can't just have like somebody's dad out there coaching anymore like like back when i played the dads <laughs> One, one dad, well, like, he was such a jerk. He threw the ball at us during batting practice on mm-hmm. purpose.
2: Well, I I'll, I'll glasses be. glasses in too- fifth
1: grade, and I couldn't see, and I got the fucking, the fucking the freaking, uh, r- 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 destroyed. freaking.
2: Freaking, <laughs>
1: freaking. Freaking. Florida and Phil. Fro- uh, no. I think mean, he took flight.
2: offense to you going yard on him so many times in that it, big ding Oh, yeah. That's right. You were the babe babe Schubert. i was
1: uh, it was uh, a four, fourth grade where i was just terrible i didn't hit it no
3: <laughs> oh oh that was before the big knocks came huh i
1: got glasses and fit between fourth and fifth grade because i couldn't see that's probably why i wasn't very good at baseball um and so yeah. i became the designated bunner like i bunted
3: oh
1: and oh yeah, that was really cool right i was really a cool guy <laughs> yeah. um, that's best quality went, coaching there this guy sixth the I was six straight out and and some dingers mm. and the coach's son got uh,
2: yeah. But
1: hey, I wasn't the type of guy didn't have the same coach back to back years. They would trade me. They were like, oh, I don't want him anymore.
2: Get traded.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't one of the guys they kept, so I went from coach to coach to coach, you know.
2: Journeyman. Well the,
3: yeah, the 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 Spartanburg journeyman of of youth baseball, Babe Schubert. Uh Babe we got him Schubert. on our team this year. We pulled his name out of the hat.
1: I was yeah. on, I was on right, the Pirates, 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 because, but it was two different leagues. It was like the minor league, the fourth grade Pirates. And then I was on the, the fifth grade Pirates were different. They were an expansion team. And then I got Thanks. traded to the, I got went to the Dodgers. So oh, I almost, it was almost like playing for the Cleveland Browns. They moved things. to Baltimore. Yeah. The Cleveland yeah. Browns moved to Baltimore, but I was still with the Browns, you know, and then I got, got traded to like, uh, whatever the worst team in, in football is. Plus last year, the Bears. The Bears, yeah.
3: the Bears. Who Up first? next on the JC and Morgan podcast: Tales of the Spartanburg Youth Baseball League from 1986. Uh, uh-huh. Stay tuned S- for that. Speaking
1: of, I do want to mention we had Ryan uh-huh. Leaf on our latest episode. Awesome. I had to bleep some of the stuff out that he said, <laughs> but he gets into the Mike Price thing at Alabama. Yeah, uh, a lot no. of stuff I didn't realize and. He's like, I don't have a non-disclosure agreement. I'll tell you exactly what happened, and uh, it's real. If, if you if, if you like stuff like that, it's, it's a real conversation. So, uh, go check that out. Ryan Leaf on, on JC and Morgan.
3: Absolutely. Uh, would uh, looking forward to listen. I haven't had a chance, but I'll listen to that on the way up to Columbia later on this afternoon. Um, Bill asked a question a minute ago. Bill, we're talking about soup. Pitcher. He is. Uh, him and Robbie Lyles are the big dogs with BSN Sports, so if you need to order something, that's uh, that's who you – send me a message. I'll put you in contact.
1: Daryl i kind right, uh, Ken kin to Steve Sherbert and Roebuck. Nope, those are not my Sherberts. They probably spell it differently. There's a – I have the, an Uncle Steve, but he's on my mom's side, so there's no Steve in our family. Daryl, those
3: are the Sherberts. This is the, the Schubert family.
1: Uh, my difference. Uncle Greg is around Spartanburg. He has, If you ever see a, a, a truck that says Sherbert Company, that's my Uncle Greg's landscaping and uh, holiday decoration and event corporation. So, All right. There you go. Spartanburg, baby. Woo. All
3: hail the Schubert family. All right. When we return, uh, we'll, we'll get to a couple of the things that were in the chat box while we were talking with Drew, and we'll get you primed and ready for the postseason and more. Right here on Inside the Gamecocks painted garnet and black by a couple of painters we'll be right back
0: what's up Gamecock fans this is pitcher Noah Hall if you want some delicious food for your event I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer it's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte my hometown I hope you guys go check it out go Cox and go nanas
4: in MLS 2229 lonmls MLS 1772182
3: Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show.
2: Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and Inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by TravelingCountryClub.com, so if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options, and go Cocks! Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com,
1: your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manas, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Pauly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, travelingcountryclub.com, travelingcountryclub.com. Proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the Upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sierra Fossil, Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the Village at Creekside. All of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Sirfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane, in the upstate for your real estate needs. Call cool Joe you yeah. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight out the bucket. Mm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm good. Coach O signing off. Endless summer. Go Tiger.
3: Columbia and go
2: Game
1: hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
2: Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
1: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stoneblatt.
0: Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, get Heritage Digital a call. Our boy, Matt Odom, has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or HeritageDigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them, stone's Sink.
2: This is Colman Sinner from the Yard. I don't like
3: quiet. At least, not in June. No, I like to get my rest in July, before the boys show back up in August to begin preparing for the next spring. I like to show off in June. It's what I was built for. I've been hosting parties like these for 15 years, but I'm not the first to do it. My predecessor did this for 35 years. Combined, we've had all kinds of folks stop by. Guys named Roth and Roberts, Mookie and Meyer, Pierce and Peters, a guy named Campbell, a right-hander named Cooper, A guy with the last name of Bass. Another one with Bordenic. They even called one group the Killer Bees. From a guy named Landon to a dude named Smoke. Jackie, Christian, and Wingo. There was even a guy that spent a lot of time here who went by Ray. Maybe this year's dance can provide the same fun that some of those did. Either way, I'm ready. And although I love to host, I can't say much. So I'll leave the cheering to all of you all 8,000 of you. The postseason is once again at Founders Park. But remember, I don't like quiet. No, not in June. So, be loud and welcome home.
1: Oh, a deep drive to left. Morgan looks up and it is done. Hit hard. Diving stop by the shortstop. He'll throw to third. It's thrown away. Here comes Denny home.
0: He wins. one is driven out
1: deep to left. Taylor to the wall
0: and it's gone!
1: Back-to-back home runs for South Carolina
3: Uh, postseason baseball back at Founders Park tomorrow. We hope you will all be there cheering on the Gamecocks. Sure, JC, wish you could get – well, you could. You could get here by tomorrow from Chicago. Yeah. Phil, you're not far away, so, you know, we've got uh, plenty of tickets the... and we'll get you in.
1: i to take the bus,
2: man. There are <laughs> limited tickets available. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: mean,
2: I tell you what, man –
3: Look, it, there's there's not a lot of places more magical than Founders Park there just really isn't and uh and they I think they'll play very well this weekend that place can be just absolutely electric during the postseason. and uh it was, i mean I, I uh been to a lot of them and and this team has a has a great chance to really light it up over the next the next few days
1: two years ago uh, the 2021 regional they hosted a old Dominion game uh, that, that, that atmosphere, Carolina lost, which mm-hmm. stunk. but, uh, that atmosphere was, it, it meant so much to me because, you know, we didn't have any fans for the football. We didn't have any fans for basketball. You didn't have any fans for half the baseball season and they just, uh, opened the restrictions or, or ended the restrictions or whatever. And so you could have a, a full house and to see, all those gamecocks there filling up the stands, the sandstorm and the towels and all that was, uh, it made me feel good because I was like, ah, just getting somewhat back to normal. Yeah. Um, you yep. know, so if any good came out of that regional, which was one of the more pathetic displays offensively I've ever seen in baseball, uh, it, it if anything good came out of it, it was that. And, uh, and that's to, to your point, JB, it's a, it is a magical place. It is a magical place. And um, sometimes when you go from a ballpark that is super magical, like, like yeah. the Sarge, and yeah. you boot, sometimes the new building, like like it, I, I think it's a lot, a lot like that in, in men's basketball, like the Colonial Life Arena. It's just it's not Carolina Coliseum. Um, but when Carolina got into those super regionals in 2010, 2011, 2012, and those massive crowds showed up and they didn't lose a game, in the postseason at Founders until, what, 2014, um, that that kind of reinforced, like, okay, well, the magic's coming to this ballpark now, too, and I, I, I think anytime you can get that uh, in baseball, especially with, with new stadiums, uh, I, I think that's good, because sometimes it doesn't translate, man, I mean, sometimes, uh, like the Chicago White Sox, yeah, the old commit. There was nothing like the old. They still talk about it. Yeah, you get a beef and a hot dog there for a dollar. Just old Comiskey was the greatest. You know, now the new one they they've had to redo it. I mean, it sucks. But um, anyway, so that's uh that's my little rant on that.
3: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, and I yeah, I remember that that night well. Uh, it was. Um, it was a it was electric atmosphere. You could feel it, and and it just didn't just didn't work out. Of course, that they shouldn't have been hosting anyways. They were by default, uh, and then you had uh, the hottest team in the country playing in that regional, which ended up being Virginia, um, and they made their way all the way to Omaha. But uh, Carolina
1: actually beat Virginia in the first game. Yeah,
3: beat actually them in the first, the first game.
1: They were staying. Virginia
3: was staying in my hotel, uh, as a matter of fact. Actually, actually talked to a lot. Met the kid who's a. I think he's an All American this year, the teal kid, the catcher. We sat there and had a five minute conversation one morning eating breakfast at the Marriott. And uh, nicest kid out there you could have imagined. A great, great group of guys. And uh, I remember when I was leaving to go to the yard, I, I told him, I said, I wish you luck, but not a whole lot. Um, you know, we, we, we hope that uh, y'all have a pretty sorry bus ride home, but you sure seem like a great bunch of guys, and we're glad you're here. And then they beat us. Uh, so yeah, it's they got all the way, gonna, way to gonna, my, way It worked then out. Then they after played
1: the Super Founders the next week. Uh, yeah. So uh, in the chat box, Andrew, asked about the Dylan Stewart teaser. That That's really all I've got. South Carolina feels pretty good about him. Yep. Uh, and there's been some interviews publicly. He's that have been released around the world of recruiting and. He says a lot of positive things at uh, Gamecocksville, in good shape. I mean, look, uh, that would be huge. I mean, you get back-to-back five stars from Washington, D.C. All of a sudden, you are a – not only a uh, – keep in mind, with D.C. and Maryland, uh, remember Joe Paterno, right? We all remember Joe Paterno, and we all know Penn State. That's why Penn State's made a living through the years. Uh, people don't realize that State College is like in the middle of Pennsylvania. So you you go straight north from DC and you're there. And Larry Johnson, when he was the uh, D line coach, there used to just own Washington DC. So there are elite players that come out of that area and um, to get in there and, and and do what they're doing. (laughs) uh, That's uh, that's big to me. That's bigger than even getting back into North Carolina, uh, you know, because you're, you know, even when Carolina was getting, I mean, they had one class under Spurrier where they got Culliver and Wesley Saunders and Travian and Melvin and those guys. But those big hits, like five star, four star guys out of North Carolina, have been few and far between. You know, you start racking them up from DC, there's your out of state hotbed. and mm-hmm. um, And obviously, there's a need for more defensive ends. The state hadn't had. You know a ton of them lately, like it normally does. More defensive tackles, but but uh, so you got to go out of state. And, man, there's not a lot better than Dylan Stewart. So, um, and Kreiger got his hat. So that's awesome. His white big spur hat. All so right. But uh, Jim asked about any update on the mystery D and grad transfer. No update right now. Um, he's got to finish some classes because he's a grad transfer. Uh, but last I checked on that, it was all systems go. So um, I think you guys will like him, uh, and I think he'll help this football team. Uh, I, I think Edge, even if you don't put the new guy in, if they can avoid injury, I think Edge has a chance to be – defensive end, I guess we call it Edge now, has a chance to be better, more productive than last season. Mm-hmm. And I say that with nothing but respect for Gilbert Edmund and Jordan Birch. I mean, that's, I think they could upgrade Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Jace's gear, I think it's it's Jace's, 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 not Jatius or whatever. However, I've mentioned it before. I did the same
3: thing. It's all good.
1: Um, uh, He's he's more productive than Jordan. I'll just say it. He was more productive than Jordan Birch and, quite frankly, Mm. more impressive on film. Uh, And I know Syracuse is in the ACC and not the SEC, but they're still playing power five level offensive linemen. Yeah, you know, uh, and up north sometimes, or even you know, you, you you play your Boston colleges of the world in that league, your pits of the world in that league, and their offensive lines usually are better than a lot of a- SEC offensive lines. So, uh, I think Jordan Strawn has always been an elite pass rusher, uh, and I think Carolina really missed him last year. I thought I think he was poised to have a huge season, um, and then behind them you got a talented guy, named Umi Azulu. Zulu. You got the new guy coming in. Uh, Clint, I, I, I don't know. It's either one or two years of eligibility for him. I think it's just one. Um And, and so I think they're going to, you know, they're going to have a resurgent year on the D-line and then they on the interior, like I've said before, they've upgraded their coaching with uh, Travian. And then you've got a lot of guys back like Boogie and Tonka and TJ Sanders and a good young player, Xavier McLeod, Eliza Davis. I think it's a guy you can slide in inside and outside. So I, I, I think – I expect Carolina to take a step forward up front on defense this year, um, despite the uh, losses in the portal.
3: A uh, big w- recruiting weekend that we will certainly make sure we touch on that tomorrow as well. Matter of fact, when I when I hop on the air tomorrow, JC, I'll be about a hundred yards from all those kids. So I'll just try to run over there and uh, let's see if we can, you know, pull one and pop them into the program. And um, do we have an intern or something we can maybe have to do that, or do I actually have to do that? Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll figure we'll figure that out.
2: Um Skell- that last half day, I'd send one down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Son <laughs> of a. Our kids, our kids uh, are out. They got out yesterday. It was yeah. the last day of school. I had a
3: Yeah, we got a I to like still
1: talk years. with them all the way. I had to have to take them because Nat overslept, and I was like, boys, yeah. so proud of the work you've done this year. You've had a great year. Yeah. And, and now one of you is going to be a senior. One of you is going to be a sophomore okay good talk
2: all right there you
1: go they're staring at their phones you know? right.
2: <laughs> stay uh, quiet during
1: uh, <laughs> it used to be when your parent when, when you, the adults would drive you're trying to get the kids to shut up and now it's like there's just this, this early silence in the car because they're on their phone some of them, and there's the, the, I hate those earbuds I, I can't even tell when nat or the boys have them in so I'm just sitting there talking. Like a like a moron. Oh, oh what? I'm sorry. that uh. What? Yeah, they know what? There, there's movie no movie.
3: what in my house. It is what? Sir. Sir yeah. or, get, or your ass is in time out. <laughs>
1: well that was that's Nat. That's well,
4: yeah.
1: ass is a boy. They what? say what, but up here that's a different it's a different culture where they there's no ma'am and sir up here. Yeah. People look at me funny when I when I say it like you know, sort of thank you, ma'am. Oh, you're you're not from
3: around here, you mammy. Yeah, I don't know any other way to do it.
1: I don't either. We say grace and we say ma'am, and if you ain't into that, we don't give a damn.
3: Yeah, Yeah, well, speaking of all that, uh, even though that's not the chief, he has sung that song in uh, 29 days he'll be playing here, and I just can't wait. That might be the last day you'll ever see me in my life. His version. Uh, because this is my 25th Chief Show, so I always said I'll get to 25 and I can go out from there. It. It's my silver
1: anniversary. What is silver anniversary? But uh, yeah, his his preaching man says it's the time. I mean, he's he's good. That's a great song. The Mississippi River season Hey, where's Jan? Around.
3: By the way, I had not seen Jan in here today. Is he already at his tailgate spot? I'm assuming probably. Man, here early about, about 24 he hours.
1: I'll have to is hit him up. Tree?
3: I'll hit him up tomorrow. I'll, I I, yeah. I owe him because I when I saw not him pound. not long ago I was go I had to go in check in at the press box I said I'll come out and have a beer with you and then I I never did so I'll I owe you Jan if you come back and listen to this I'll promise you I'll come by and see you I promise yeah uh, Clint we uh, we will not be able to get Scotty uh, on tomorrow they um, they will be uh, getting getting ready for some things so um, probably could have maybe tried to squeeze. King in yesterday, but, um, they, they have, uh, I think coach Lake said earlier, they're, they're pretty locked in and focused. And, um, so we'll respect that instead of continuing to ask, but, uh, hopefully we can get them on next week ahead of a,
1: uh, sure
3: ahead of a super regional, but, uh, um, Cam, Cam
1: mentions in the chat box too, Elijah Davis, I mentioned excited me. And the more I think about it, and this is just going off his performance in the spring game and kind of who he is, uh, I, I would not ever say many people were as, like, naturally instinctive at football as Melvin Ingram. So please don't think I'm comparing him or predicting that kind of success. I think it, how you use him, though, it'll be interesting to see how Travian and, and Sterling do this, you know, on the D-line. I think he's a guy that can go inside and out uh, and, and cause some problems in both both areas. He He can be a problem. So, you know, maybe – I mean, heck, we were all doom and gloom about the D-line a few months back, and now it's like, man, they can be, pre- they can it's be pretty be better salty. Better people think. Pretty salty. Better salty. people think it is. Yeah. And here's North Carolina that's offensive line poor right now. Mm-hmm. First game under the lights. Woo. Will it be a sack fest? I don't know. I don't oh, know yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. Jace's gear has seven sacks.
1: Seven. Uh, let's
3: seven. see. Boogie <laughs> uh, <laughs> Huntley will have – uh, four sacks and 19 quarterback hurries, and uh, Elijah Davis will tackle. Drake May and his head will fall off. Yeah, Drake May
2: starts Heisman, <laughs> his, uh,
3: yeah, <laughs> his, his Heisman campaign in week two. Our pets, heads are falling off. Yeah, it's a <laughs> quarterbacks'
1: heads are falling off. Uh,
3: De'Carion <laughs> Joyner is going to run for 330 yards. Rattler will throw for 740, and Carolina, they'll have to – They'll get to ninety nine and have to stop it there on the scoreboard because they don't have three digits. So ninety nine to six over North Carolina. Ninety nine
1: to six. Yep. Gamecocks ninety nine. Tar Heels six.
3: Yeah, Tech-co- I'm with Tech-co- I'm with you, Jim. Yeah, Jim. Techmo Bowl. It's that matter of fact. Somebody needs to bring the Tecmo Bowl back, and and they need to actually sponsor a bowl. Like it needs to be the Tecmo Bowl, and they would sell more games than they've ever dreamed of, ever absolutely it'd be amazing i just came up with an unbelievable idea yeah you did
1: um you should have said that somebody's gonna steal it
3: before we get out of here here. somebody was talking about the
1: pop-tart bowl before the pop-tart bowl became the pop-tart
3: bowl yeah there's a there's a like that's a great july conversation we'll have to squeeze it in later like what would your if you could be in charge of a bowl yeah like rejuvenating a bowl or renovating a bowl rejuvenating rejuvenating a bowl what would be your brand that you would go to to do that? Mm-hmm. The te- the That's Tecmo it. Bowl was it. I mean that would that would win if you brought the game back.
1: Agreed. Mister, as you asked about the tailgate, it'll yeah, it'll wrangles. be it'll, it'll be a sort of an all day thing. It'll start like mid afternoon. Um, so, yeah, you get a lot the of stuff
3: history. to work out in that.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, a, lot of, a lot of details, but I'll tell you, a lot that, of I mean, Quantrell do says, uh, <laughs> did the game cops <laughs> cool on Anthony Carey? Yes. Clint talks about Braylon Russell. Look, Clint, you, you maybe just want to – he may be unattainable, hopefully. I mean, you know, but uh, Daniel Hill, Matthew Fuller. Clint, Daniel Hill. Before.
3: Oh, and Barry hey. Sanders, Jr., and Emmett Smith, Jr., and uh, who am I missing? I know there was another one. In hey, Walter Payton, the third, third is coming. The third. Yeah, i, sign I, I evaluated
1: both. i <laughs> and evaluated. Uh... When,
3: and when none of those guys commit to Carolina, we're all going stri- to start killing people because we're mad because we need to fire everybody. We don't have yeah, money. That's, and that's right. uh, the world is ending. And why couldn't we sign Dan Marino, Jr.? And, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. Summer's Eve, Jim says. Well, remind me one day. Tom Brady
3: announced to come back. He didn't want to play for Carolina. Fire beamer. It's Kingston's fault. Tanner, there wasn't enough play for the bathrooms. Ray, you're fired. That's right.
1: I. I uh, That's amazing. I will also remind That's me one real, day to I'm tell real. you guys the Summer's Eve story. I don't have time <laughs> today.
3: And Glenn, I'm, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not picking on you by the way. I'm just it's taking not, it to another level. Had nothing to do.
1: It happened recently. My, my first dinner party in Chicago when I moved here. Summer's Eve story.
3: Trust yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I met Dan Marino, by the way. I picked him up off the pavement. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> he fell out of you a limb. He told limit. me that story. <laughs> <He fell. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Dan? <laughs> Lace is out, man.
1: (laughs) Lace is out. He's got all his ripped isotoner gloves. You know, they ripped Yeah, That's right, the isotoner gloves. I didn't
2: catch an (laughs) isotoner across the face with a comment like that.
3: (laughs) Lace is out, Dan. Dude, when when Stephen Flint was playing at Carolina, we were sitting uh, in the stands. Uh, I think it was 08. He was the holder. He was a wide receiver, but he was also the holder. (laughs) And I can't remember who it was. Who was our kicker? And he missed the PAT, boinked it. And my girlfriend, my college girlfriend at the time, we called Steven. We called him Peen. We still call him Peen. I'm not going to get into that. But we've, we've called him Peen this whole life. This is Michael's brother. And uh, Chelsea stood up and she goes, Laces out, Peen! <laughs> to this day, I can't get it out of my head. It was the holder's fault damn flint family can't do nothing right can't get right can't get right yeah all right we're out of here tomorrow we kick off the regional uh at 11 o'clock right at 11 o'clock with the voice of gamecock baseball Derek scott joining us from i don't know where the hell he's joining us from but we'll be joining you at 11 and we certainly look forward to that Teed up by Traveling Country Club and live from the Cinerama Studios and built by the Barndo Co., the com. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll see you tomorrow in the postseason.